I see you, Chad. That's the lows. The hey, lows, that what y'all? You, you finally figured it out. If you can't get the highs, if you can't get the highs, don't get the bids, get the lows. You see what's going on? As we tell y'all did to me? I love it. These shoes was $200 damn dollars. Where's the other? Well, you know what else we've also done to you? We've helped you get a lot of other jobs that's going to help you pay for them $200 shoes. I appreciate it. Yeah, so... I living good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> we, hey, stone we got Crowder Inc. now. We ate stone crabs three days in a row. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we got stone crabs three days in a row. I've seen you on the grill. Hmm? You had a cook-off. Who won? Oh, yeah. Who won? Ra? Yeah. I, I, I'm... Bro, Freddie, you got to ask that question. I mean, I need to know because if, if you got... I'm on the grill... If you got your Crowder seasoning, whatever you're gonna call them, what's what's the name of it? Crowder powder. Crowder powder. Y'all check that out. Crowder powder coming soon. But so bro, that was it, the secret sauce. That's all I gotta do. But I also I have you know I have uh, my my butter compost that I put on my steaks when I cook. It, it's a lot I do. I'm gonna say this: when she ate it, though, <laughs> I watched her face, and she wanted the yeah, she, she almost caught one. Yeah. Uh, Y'all see why I'm married now. Yeah, I saw I that. Gave, I gave Asia orgasm on food before I gave an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Limitless. Take a semi cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a semi cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Welcome to The Pivot, by the way. Uh, another exciting week for us, uh, a good time to get together. We at Chan's house. Yeah, we actually go to each other's homes. I know it's weird. Um, <laughs> How is it weird? I'm just saying, you know, people just think like this is a show. Like a dude got mad at, mad at me on the, on, on the interweb and was like, yeah, you guys rented a studio and cameras to talk about people's relationships. And say, well, actually, we didn't rent a studio. Ha, joke's on you. <laughs> that was his tone? That's the tone you took from it? That's the tone. That's the way... He, that's, that's his the, voice. It sounded like his voice, that, too. That's the way he was talking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing that happens with the Internet and social media and all of those things, like, you get immediate reaction to the things that you do. Uh, we all knew it that on Tuesday when Devin opened up to us about his father not having cancer and dying of AIDS, what people would think about it. Obviously, to have a space where someone feels comfortable enough to share that with us for the first time is, um, is a blessing for us. I think I'm, I'm very grateful people look at us that way. But on the other side of it, too, it made me think of what a burden that had to be for him yeah. to carry that entire time. You know, Chan, having a couple of days to look back on what Devin said, what were you thinking in the moment where, when he goes, you know what, man? Uh, the story we made up about my dad having cancer wasn't true. It, it was, in the moment, it was mind-boggling because I never expected that. Like, as we sit here, you know what I'm saying? As we sit here and we prep and we talk about guys, oh, we have this guest coming on, we all do our research. And then when he was like, the hell, I've been, I've been lying for so long. And when somebody says that, you kind of sit up. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, lying about what? And then when he said it, I'm like, damn. And then he explained it to where, like, the stigma of AIDS, now I got to explain it to my buddies. Now I got to explain it to 
you know, my friends, my family, anybody I love, like, and, and he, he wasn't comfortable with that. But that's the thing that, you know, saying we go through here is when we, when people really open up, you have to deal with the backlash of it. And that's what I think of Devin at, you know, whatever age that was, 20, 21, 18, whatever age that was that he did that, he wasn't ready for the repercussions of that. And you've dealt with it. You've dealt with it. I've dealt with it now on this platform is where when you say something and now people start digging into that, to that topic. And that's why, to your point, RC, that's why I was, I felt blessed that D has felt that way. Uh, and, and, you know, around us, because he's done interviews, it's Devin Hester, bro. Like, like when, I, when I see people with, like, Woodson, we had C. Wood on, we had D. Hess on. Like, you could see that they opened up, but those are two people that everybody wants to talk to, and when they talk, they talk about it, it's like, damn, like, that's the thing that, that I feel honored by, is that people feel that open. But, yeah, it's things, it's things that y'all know about me. It's things that the world knows about me because of this that they would never know if this platform wasn't here. And I agree with you, Chan. Uh, I think you might, much like the uh, D coordinators and the players, they would do a double deep breath, a double sigh. When Devin doesn't run one back to the house, mm -hmm. Devin himself, now he can do that double deep breath. On the show, when he told us, you can imagine coming in, not even probably consider talking about that, but to be able to get it off your chest then, then kind of sit back to see how it's received in the eye of the public. So after we dropped the episode, kind of go down and you read the comments <clears throat> and everybody's just praising and encouraging him, you know, for his, for his courage and uh, also the podcast and, and what we, the, the way we allow people to be comfortable and just be themselves and, and express themselves. But people think we just say everybody can podcast, but they can't pivot because one show, it can be laughs and seriousness and then it can be tears tears of joy, all that different stuff. So it's so ranging. I just love what we do and how we try to give back in that sense. Freddie, that's the locker room. That is that's the locker room. That's what people room. love is the locker room where... That is the locker room. And we have a locker room environment here where, like, like we talk about real stuff family-wise, relationship-wise. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all know what's going on with each other, but on the same time, the same damn car ride, we'll laugh, we'll mess around, we'll talk about real stuff. And that's why people, it's funny what people say, the locker room environment. What does that mean? It means that I can be fully open. We can laugh. We can fight. We can argue. Like, we, we don't agree on everything. That's the funny thing. People don't think, like, our relationships, bro, we don't agree on everything. Right. But it's all love at the end of the day. The awareness, you know, that we bring. But even Devin, just not to take the credit, uh, take it away from Devin, uh, that was his platform. He was able to, you know, speak to that stigma and allow other people that might be hiding things to really just go out and, and free themselves, release those chains. Because you can imagine all those years, man, him having to carry that dude. Once he said in one interview, now it's a snowball effect. He felt like he had to protect that. But just to release it, not only it releases him, it releases his family, his brothers, because I'm pretty sure they had, you know, they were asked those same questions and they had to maintain that same consistency same in lie. that lie. The same lie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So just for them to break those chains and just release it all. And then on top of that, the parlay is the community. We're able to talk about it. We're able to understand it, research it more, you know, and, and 
man, it, it's, it's such a good feeling. Reno's coming. You know, I'm going to come in Creek, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, I know. But it's a good feeling, man, just to see, um, really for Devin, more than anything. Yeah. I think the thing I left away from it was this isn't the locker room, right? Because there are things that are taboo in the locker room. There are things that are taboo amongst the machismo of what we have to do, the level of ego right. we have to have, the level of manliness you have to keep. And Devin was a child when he found out his father had AIDS, and a child who didn't understand, who he openly said, I didn't understand, that I didn't want to eat, I didn't know if I could hug him. And he was, at that time, trying to develop a relationship with his father who was recently out of prison, you know? And the lie started from embarrassment. And so you gotta think, all of those years, and I don't know what friends he's told, what family members they've had the conversation with, but all of those years in the locker room, to not have an opportunity to share that, right? To continue to have to hold that burden and carry that lie. And like you said, it snowballs, and now every time you tell that story, it's another lie, it's another burden, it's something else that's on your soul. And I don't even want to call it a lie because he was just protecting himself. Yeah. Right. You know, and so to be able to sit and, and give that away, right? To have to have carried that, held on to that, protected that for so long, and to finally be in the place, and I'm not even gonna give the credit to us, to finally be in the place himself to say it's okay to say this. I'm comfortable enough with who my father was, I'm comfortable enough with who I am, to not only say I've deceived in order to protect myself, but I'm also tired of deceiving. And to, I think, lay that burden down in front of the world. That shows on the, uh, the character of DHS. You know what I'm saying? That shows on that character. A lot of people will lie. Y'all know what y'all know what motherfuckers do. Take it to your grave. Take it to your grave. He he did not want to do that. And that's now I'm thinking about what you asked me when, when it first happened, RC, what I thought about. It, he as him as a man, he couldn't, he couldn't continue that, that deception. And that's why it was amazing to me. We talked since then. I've been t we were texting and all that stuff, bro. That that's what I saw with that. It's just it made me our you know we respect people on the field, but I need to sit down. And we've recently been through it with players and you know different people we deal with business wise. But that's why I love y'all y'all boys is because like as a man, as a human being, that's why we vibe. That's why we ride. And for D has to sit there and say, like, I can't do this no more. Bro, that hit me. You know, I don't, I don't know we played it, you know what I'm saying? I tell you, I'm about to cheer up right now, but that's what hit me with him, is that, like, as a man, I can't deal with this anymore. And <laughs> RC saying give credit. I'm going to give it credit to us. Because of the fact that, like, when you sit down with the boys, bro, we talking. We, we, we BSing. We bullshitting. We just, we just vibing. And for him, that to be on his soul, bro, that's why I see him as a human being, not the best kickoff returner of all time, not the you know, Hall of Fame player he is. I know, Fred, when you hear Hall of Fame, you get upset. Not that, but as a man. And that's why, that's why our relationship is the way it is, because as men, I fool with y'all. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at the positivity that we've received and 
that the encouragement, I think, is the, the perfect word you used as well, Fred, the encouragement that Devin got. It shows the, the reach of the platform now. It shows the reach of how content is consumed. But I also think there's negativity to that as well. Uh, Deshaun Watson yeah. is now done for the season. Uh, he injured his ankle in the first quarter, played the entire games, 14 for 14 in the second half against the best defensive football other than the one he plays with. And, you know, then you find out after the game, after a big win, that he's done for the season. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, it finally seemed like, oh, that's it. This is our guy. This is what we've been waiting on. This is the, the, the monumental win. Mm -hmm. This is the team playing collectively together. And this is the $230 million guaranteed that we gave away. We finally, that long list of quarterbacks that they all, you always show on that jersey of the Cleveland Browns, it's over. And now your guy is done. And I think on the other side of that, you go back to the comments of, this dude doesn't want to play because he got paid. Well, he played on a broken ankle for four quarters. Mm. Now do the people who have said things like that come back and out and say, okay, I was wrong. Because for a man to go out and play on a broken ankle, on an ankle that now will not allow him to play the rest of the season, then that wasn't a thing. And it's also okay to admit you feel a certain way about the sexual harassment allegations and the civil lawsuit, and you feel that because of that, he's a man you can't be positive about. He's a man that you can't say things when you turn on the film. You can't go, okay, this is good or this is bad. You can't look at it unbiasedly because you'll always feel that way. That's actually okay to admit, though people won't admit it. But along with what's great about the internet, our ability to connect with people we don't know, there's the negative side that now people, it's karma. I'm glad it happened to them. This is what should happen to, quote unquote, sexual predators, right? And so when you look at the situation in, as a whole, Freddie T, what are the things that, sticks, that stick out to you mm -hmm. about Deshaun's injury and also about the way you feel it's being received slash reported, commented on? Well, I can say this. Um, <clears throat> Deshaun's a dog. I got a chance to watch him, you know, uh, for a few years, being in the same division in AFC South of Jacksonville. I would see Houston come to town and I would follow the team back there. So I know he's a player. I don't have any questions about that. To go out and show that sort of heart when they were down bad to the Ravens, he was hurting. He could have quit. He could have just said, you know what, I'm done. Let the staff check and, and be done with it. But they fought back and ended up winning that game. So I, I think um, you shouldn't question his heart on whether he wants to play or not. People get paid all the time. People are going to get paid. They go out there. Uh, I, I don't know a player that actually had ever quit, you know, and didn't want to play. If they weren't good enough, then they just weren't good enough. But here's a guy who's good enough. He has a big heart. He wants to be there. He wants to lead his team. It's unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate for the Browns to make that sort of investment and not be able to show these early returns that they had anticipated uh, uh, for signing him with such a, you know, record-breaking uh, deal. Right, the first of his kind, fully guaranteed. It comes with the territory, though. Obviously, the allegations that are out there, they will never leave. They're gonna follow him his entire life. That's just the way it goes. You know, he's in, um, in the spotlight, being an athlete, being a, a guy who is a, a, a very good player, superstar uh, type player. Um, 
the conversations on the internet, they're going to be there. You're going to have some got people pulling for him. You're going to have negative comment. What he has to do is just completely uh, um, disregard those distractions. He can't open a Twitter or X. He can't really run on his Instagram and read comments because they're not going to be good for him. He has to just focus on himself, getting back healthy, and going out there to do the thing we know he loves, which is play football, be a leader. Uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's out. He's constantly around his team, leading, you know, off the field, teaching the guys in the facility and moving around. And I think Deshaun will do a lot of that, being a part of the team. Uh, but yeah, it, it comes with the territory, man. He, if he wasn't a, a famous superstar, whether you know those things happened or not, I wasn't there. But I know the al allegations are there. People are gonna say what they're gonna say regardless. I'm gonna say, bro, because I even said the Browns will be a problem if Deshaun gets back the way he was in Houston. The Browns will be a problem. That defense is stupid. That defense is amazing. But RC, you've been criticized for supporting. I don't want to even say supporting, but speaking truth about Deshaun Watson and who he is and the situation and all that, the separation of that where how can I, like you're saying on the internet, oh, that's karma, that's, that's, that's what this guy gets. Like, how do, how do you deal with both sides? You know what I'm it's saying? A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ton of actual bad humans who are really good at football, right? There, there, there are people that are very successful at life that aren't great human beings, that don't treat people the way that they should be treated, that have done things that are similar to Deshaun Watson or similar to what Deshaun Watson has been accused of that haven't gotten the notoriety and attention that his, uh, his civil cases got that we know or that I know or that we know of that I know are highly successful. I don't think that that plays into it to, to me, it's about when I'm doing my job as an analyst, I'm talking about the football player. I don't, I don't get to go back in retrospectively and say he's guilty of these crimes if he's, not been, if he's not been charged or if he's not been found guilty of these crimes. That's not my job. My job is when I turn on the film, is this above the line play or below the line play? And I was very honest. A few weeks ago, I said, if I'm Andrew Barry, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, I'm asking myself, did I make a mistake? He's out with a shoulder injury. We haven't seen him play to the level he played in Houston. I gave him $230 million guaranteed, which means I had to tell the world I actually believe in the man. Mm -hmm. That's hard. But it was easy to believe in the man enough because he wasn't found guilty of those charges because you knew how good he could be at football. But if he ain't as good as he could be at football, you effed up. Yeah. And so that was how I chose to analyze him as a player and as a man, first off, what the hell tells me I'm entitled to judge anybody? Because some of the things in, let me be very clear, I've never been accused or even been a part of anything close to what Deshaun Watson was dealing with or accused of doing, but I don't, I haven't lived this pristine life of perfection. I don't look back at every interaction I've had with every human in the world and say, I was right here. Yeah. I was just here. I was kind here. I was decent here. 
And so because I have a platform, because they give me a microphone, because they pay me money to talk about sports, I get to continue to pile on this dude constantly and all the time when it has nothing to do with what the hell I'm talking about. I don't believe in that because I don't want people treating me that way. I don't want people continually judging me by my worst moment or the worst thing they know about me because they can when they actually don't know the facts of who I am. And so I try to treat people the same way. But for treating people the same way in the sins or in the situations that everybody decides is too far. It's like, I can be effed up, but I ain't that effed up. Like, how do you get to do that? And I think that's what we're seeing now with Deshaun when people are starting to attach a football injury, which is 100% in the game we play. Yeah. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody's going to get hurt in some way, shape, or form. It's 100%. But for him, for him, it's karma, right? For him, it's the life you live says you should be injured. Kirk Cousins is a preacher's son, right? I've been around Kirk Cousins. I saw the movie. Kirk Cousins is a good human. He's a good dude. I saw the movie, bro. Yeah, like you yeah. could you could disagree with with some of the ways he sees life, but you could do that with anybody. But the dude does not go out and intentionally hurt anybody. He's playing extremely well. He's on his contract year, finna get paid. He tears his Achilles. Is that effing karma, or is that football? And that's my biggest problem with Tom Brady tears his ACL when that little safety. I, I, you, you always remind me of his name when he blitz in, second uh, game, Chiefs. Was it Pollard? It was Pollard, and then he went Pollard. to uh, yes. Baltimore. Pollard hit his knee. Was that karma? Was that karma for Tom Brady? Bro, I want people to look up the Leonard Little story. Remember the Rams defensive end? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tennessee guy? Yep. You know the, the vehicular... The vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. Like... He made a mistake. You know what I'm saying? Look up. But even I go, I go to, I go to this extent. What Randy Moss did in college. Yep. Why he got drafted later. Jameis on Winston did. Jameis Winston thought he had a hookup at the Publix. Jameis Winston thought I am the starting quarterback of Florida State. I could walk in and get crab legs and walk out. Jameis Winston is still regretting the day that he walked out with them. Crab People legs. still bring it up though. To this day. But that's, uh, I mentioned, it's going to follow Deshaun. It's going to follow Deshaun. Regardless of what happens, so, but that's just the nature of human beings, unfortunately. But that's the thing. That's what human beings want to do. But, like, like just, 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 just piggybacking off R.C.'s point, like, at what point do you separate that from evaluating a player to who he is as a human being? I'll tell you this. I'll bring up the name, bro. Donnie Spragans, y'all probably never heard about him in y'all's mm-hmm. life. Donnie Spragan, he has a he he's in he went to Stanford. Dude is a genius. He was a linebacker number 59 for the Dolphins when I came into the Dolphins. The man was a great human being. The man had degrees from Stanford. He was biology, something like he was a genius, and I loved to be around him because he was like clever. But when I bring up guys like that, they're like, no, they want to hear about Tom Brady. Randy Moss, Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown. But people are like, who's your favorite teammate? And I'd be like, D. Sprague was one of my favorites because I liked being around him because he was a good dude. So I'm bringing that up on the other side of that, where, like, the, the positive of a person, people don't want to hear about. They want to always dwell on this other side. But to what we're talking about, that mid part, all I ask is are football players that have to perform. 
And why do we separate the positive from, from guys when you can't separate the negative? Have you ever heard, oh, this guy got arrested? Oh, but he has a double degree from Stanford. Do you ever hear that, Ryan? Like, no. you, you, that's your job. You ever hear that? When people are like, no, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's very smart, very intelligent. Double degree from Stanford, married with kids. He's a good dude. He made a mistake that night. But no, they're always going to dwell on the negative, and that's what people do, and that's the shit that pisses me off. What I, what I will say, if I know for a fact someone's a good dude, I speak about them differently. I, I, I can be 100% honest. Right. If, I have, if I have a personal experience with you, if, let's say you, for instance, if you were talking about a guy from the Dolphins, and you were like, man, I love that dude. Um, Lil Chan was at the game. Nobody wanted to sign Lil Chan's autograph. He came back, stopped, signed his autograph, took a picture. If he got burnt the hell up, I'm talking about toe out the frame. I would analyze it, right? I would say, you know, you know, right here, man, when you're looking at it, like, you can't go underneath. You got to go with this hand. Like, I would do all that. I wouldn't crush him. I wouldn't make jokes about him. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would hold back a little bit of my personality in analyzing because I think he's a good, because I've heard he's a good person. Or I know he's extended himself in a in a different way, and and so I think I think it does. Like we're human, I think the human element always comes into play in anything that we do, as much as we try to take it out of our work. I also, I also, and I can be very honest about this, if I know you're a bad human, I don't let it come into my analyst work either. I knew who AB was forever. We right? heard about it. We heard about it. Right? But until it became a thing where it affected the actual game of football, I never said a word, which is why when he was leaving Pittsburgh and I said it, people thought it was like, I'm hating. No, I've always known this. But for the last five years that I haven't been there, he's been the best receiver in football, and it had nothing to do with the person he was, so I never said it. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think that it could play both ways, but when we're talking about just the 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 normal human, the human outside of an analyst job, the human outside of a platform, we also have to be aware and we also have to let them, like, understand their entitlement to their own opinions. And we don't get to control that. But it's, it's, it's a bit of them if you do or them if you don't. Again, it is very nitpicky. Well, guys, I'm not really sure why, but our partners over at DraftKings want our picks again. If they watch me on Fridays, they shouldn't. But I got one this week. I'm going with Detroit, because they play in Chicago. And if Detroit doesn't get a win, then that's O'Neal. You know what? I'm going to lay out a same-game parlay for y'all. Oh, my god. Because gosh. Pittsburgh is going into Cleveland, and I think Cleveland comes out on top and take the under, because they got hella five defenses. Well, I like the game of brotherly love, and it's going to be a swift bet. <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> because I am going with Kansas City. There are your picks. I know for sure mine is right. These other two? We just gotta wait and see. You talk about karma. People kind of pick and choose what's karma related. I don't think you can have it both ways. Pretty much, all right, take this for example. Have y'all ever met the fucking Illuminati? Because if you have, I need to contact. Because, check this out. My phone, man. They, they judge you, they judge very successful people, and they say, well, they sold their soul. They don't want to talk about the hard work. It's like kind of like reverse karma. You know, you know what I'm trying mm -hmm. to get at? People pick and choose. They say, if, this, if something bad happened to you, it's because of karma. But what about when some good shit is going on in, in my life? 
What is that? Yeah. What is that? Illuminati. That's the fucking Illuminati. <laughs> crazy. And they only hey, apply hey, to certain hey, people. Illuminati. Friend. I don't even know it's what it about is. Success. Friend, it's energy. It's people put so many words on this: religion, energy, God, Blessing, Ra, yeah, job. It's, they, when things go bad, it's always karma. Pe- it's always karma. He did and then, but bad, even that, re- bad re- what religion? I said, when things go bad, why would he do this to me? But now you rolling. Everything's successful. Everything's rolling. Everything's good. Is he giving it to you now, right? Do you always say? Why is he doing all this great stuff to yeah. me? Rosetta taught me a long time ago. Don't question the man. <laughs> Don't question the man. And I ain't know why. You deal with it. You figure it out. You pray on it and you keep it pushing. Yeah. For, and wait for that better moment. Why? You can't say why this, why that, why Look, that. I have a question then. can't say that. I have a question though about this though before we get, before y'all finish that. Are things going really well for Josh Dobbs or badly? And this is why I ask. <laughs> That's a great Th- question. This is why I ask. Right? Perspective. Mm-hmm. Perspective. Like, we're going to go all the other side. Josh Dobbs is America's darling. No one has a bad word to say about him. No. And no team really wants him. Right? The man, the man goes to Tennessee, plays as soon as he gets there, plays so well with all of the quarterbacks they've had on that team. He's the guy playing to get them in the playoffs last year. Goes to Cleveland, playing out of his mind preseason. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's trade him to Arizona. Arizona drafts the guy. They start him. He plays well. You beat the Dallas Cowboys, right? Blow him out. Know what? We don't want you either. We going to send you to Minnesota. Guess what he does when he gets to Minnesota? Snap. Ball. Snaps. Is life good for Josh Dobbs or bad? We got to ask Josh that. <laughs> <laughs> You do have to ask Josh that. But I would say, I would say, and I can't figure it out. Y'all probably, y'all are smarter than me. There has to be a flaw in Josh Dobbs. They see the value. Like you're saying, when teams trade people, you have to have value. Yes. Oh, he's doing this. So they see, like somebody sees the value. Minnesota saw the value. Arizona saw the value. (laughs) I I would ask you back, what's wrong with him? Initial perception. Of what? So, and this is something that I had to deal with that maybe y'all didn't, right? The initial perception of me was if 32 teams for three days didn't think he was good enough to draft, how can we ever settle on him being our guy? Hmm. There has to be somebody more talented, right? So when I won the job in Pittsburgh, Bill Cowher told me that day, because it was a tie. It was me and TC, me and Tyrone Carter, me and Lil Pistol Starter. <laughs> right? I, I fished with TC. Yeah, great man. Love him. So I beat TC out. They tell me that day, Anthony Smith, who was drafted, who was super talented, Brian Dawkins, like, he's going to play at some point this season, RC. You want it, we're going to go with you strictly off of the veteran leadership, but he's going to play. I get hurt week 12. That was his first defensive snap. Because that's how well I played. The next year, it's me and him. We're in a battle. I beat him out. It's not even close. They tell me, man, you play so well. You're going to be the starter. You won the job. But he's going to play every third series. You see what I'm saying? I get sick. He starts to play. Defense goes down. I'm 160 pounds. It's January. I walk in and talk to the DB coach. And he says, we didn't know how important you were until you weren't here. 
If that, you if you can play again, it's your job. It took that though, right? It took it took to not have me. Same thing in Washington. We're gonna give Archuleta the biggest deal in football. You can come back though. All y'all gonna play, you can play for the minimum. Every there's not a person I ever walk up to that's a Washington fan that doesn't bring that up to me. Mm. But you know what I mean? But it was always, if nobody wanted you, something's wrong with you. There is a defect. You see what I'm saying? People and so when Josh Dobbs. Other people's opinions. Yeah, and so now Josh Dobbs, you're a fourth round guy. You were never really seen as a starter here. You were a backup here. Yeah, like what you're doing is starter like and it's really good, but we gotta be able to find something better. When those teams are crazy, you got those are just decision makers. They don't always get it right, right? The NFL, it's it's cliche, it's a copycat league. And they always say the more you can do. I don't think Josh is uh, what was your question? He's not having a bad life. <laughs> the man living out of suitcase for anything. These are opportunities. These, this opportunity presents that opportunity that presents that opportunity. His ass could be home. Yep. Wondering why wasn't I good enough? That's the good life. You know what I'm saying? So now he has these opportunities, regardless, suitcase. But in his mind, optimistically, he has to be thinking a mistake somewhere. And, and it might happen. You know, but the NFL is just one of those fickle and kind of these teams copy each other and they're homeboys and they're getting on the phone. And we look at it and say, man, they, they, they fucking over the kid. But he's going to keep going and you got to love that heart. You just got to love that he ain't letting that shake him. It's and that's what I love Freddie, about. it's what makes me think we had Ocho on recently. He was talking about when he went to Canada. And he was talking about he was going to go to the Montreal Alouettes, whatever the f*** he played. And he was talking about, he, I'm about to dog these dudes. This is the Canadian League. He was like, bro, it's ballers over here. It's something that, and that's why, bro, it, not even amp us up. That's the 1% of the 1%, as RC talks about. Like, bro, you was on a Super Bowl defense, one of the best defenses ever. Fred, every time your ass walk out the house, you have everybody giving you dap, like, that damn, Freddie was bad. Like, bro, it's the 1% of the 1%. And when you look at that number, the 1% of the 1%, you can't have flaws. Yep, agreed. And that's my question. Like, for Josh Dobbs, and I always say it, bro, y'all heard me say this, there are not 32 good quarterbacks in the world because I'm looking at these damn offenses. He better than somebody, Chan. The Giant, I was just going to say, the Giants had negative nine yards passing about three weeks Tommy ago. Tommy DeVito. Chan. Josh is better than him. Chan, he lived with his mama. Bro, Arizona, who they played a couple weeks back? The, the, the Browns? These motherfuckers. Had 58 yards of total offense. Yep. There is not Clayton 32 Toon. good quarterbacks. <laughs> and they're starting Clayton Toon. That's where, if I'm sitting, to, to bring it back, if I'm sitting as Josh Dobbs, I'm looking at these type offenses and these type teams and saying, I can take that team over and get you more than 58 yards in an entire game. So here's my question, though, Chan. Do you want your starting quarterback to live with his mom, have all his meals cooked by his mama, and his mama make his bed every day. I don't, no, that's, I that's, don't that's, want that's, that guy. That's, that's that boy, the Giants boy. Yes. I heard him talk. He was bragging about it, too. Boy, you need to grow up, son. You need to tighten the fuck up. You a grown-ass man. What? You hey, a grown-ass man. What's his name, Danny DeVito? Tommy. Tommy? Danny, De Danny DeVito's an actor. Is the look, that's the, that's, that's. From Twins. <laughs> That's Always the sunny in Philadelphia. The penguin. The penguin. The penguin. <laughs> yeah, he's the penguin. Bro, 
Take the titty out your mouth, Danny. Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Take the titty out your mouth, Tommy. Tighten up. What year is that? <laughs> I don't care. See what? Now you. Now when you talk Fred. about him living with his mom, when did he get? You live with you live with your mama. Because look, no, my mama living with me. My mama living with me. I was paying the bills. Now let, let's say let's get it right now. I moved my mama in my house with me, cause I was being pleasant. Okay. And she was down there. I'm not living can, with her. Can Tommy get action at his mama house? Cause I'm sure you had action at your house with your. I mom. got a funny story about living with your mom when you owned the house. <laughs> Came home from the club one night with two sisters, and one of them was wild. I don't know what she was on, but I was with one of the sisters, right? And the other sister, my mom was in the back room. And the other sister was just walking around the house, so she was trying to find me and the one sister. Her. Her. So we were talking, we were messing around, and she has a sister with her. So a sister walking around the house trying to find us. So she walks in my mom's bedroom, and my mom kind of jumps up, like, oh, and she gets scared and she runs in my mom's closet. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a true story. Runs in my mom's closet. So then my mom's kind of like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And she's trying to get out the closet. My mom, Pauline's a very pleasant person. <laughs> she opens the door, and she opens the door, scares the hell out of the girl. The girl runs out. The girl's naked at the time. I don't know why she was naked. Because this wasn't your friend. No, my friend. We're, we're over there handling business on the other side of the house, but now the other sister's stumbling around the house. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. So then she jumps out. Pauline takes a swing at her. She don't hit her, but she takes a swing. <laughs> and after that night, I'm like, you know what? I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing any more couple or sisters or partners to the house at the time. You can't live the life you want to live if you're living with your mama, is the moral of the story. But there's this opportunity for Tommy, though, to kind of save some bucks. I'm sure, he, was he drafted? Was he a high-round pick, a yeah. mid-round pick? Frank, we could all save some bucks. Bro, I mean, what? You could take her, we don't know his situation. We don't know his situation. Maybe to trade it off his mom. I paid the rent, I got the crib. You keep doing your thing. This makes me think of Caleb Williams after the loss to uh, Washington when he was, you know, uh, uh, cuddled in his mom's uh, arms. What if his he he lives with his mom? They're Caleb probably, Williams' they're, they're mother. They're probably the same age. Caleb Williams' mother is going to live with him though. What's the big difference? Bro, you got a grown New man. New York ain't cheap, hey, brother. Hey. Fred, that man probably grown, can't afford Fred, no apartment in New York, man. Tell me I'm with you, brother. You're a grown-ass man, Fred. Chill with your mom Fred. as long as you want. You're Just don't invite Draymond man. Green over there. You're a grown man, and you're, you know what? He's probably in the, what, top 10% of earners in the United States. No matter what his NFL salary is. 600000 whatever the league minimum is, it was two thirty-seven when I got in the league. Right now, the league minimum is like 600000 Yes, it's higher. How you gonna live with your damn mama, friend? So what, what what's the difference about? in you? What's the difference? What's the difference in the Twitter people who are talking about karma and the comments you're making right now? That's totally different. What's the Fred? difference, Fred? Fred? Are, no, Fred, I understand those per not conversation. You're a grown that up. Part, grow up. But he's making a comment about this man's living arrangements. Grow Much up. like they're making comments about why Deshaun is going through what he's going through. No, they're Stop saying that. Stop talking about the man. You don't know He's not saying. He's not saying that. He makes too much money to live with his damn mama. How do you know that? 
I know because there's people that make 23. What's so the, I think the national average minimum, salary? That's 600K. The national that's average. 300K. The national average salary is under $30,000 a year or something like that. And, and he's for that making $600,000 and he's living with his damn mama. $300,000 after taxes. He's in New York City. They eating him up. And $3,000 for a closet that the chick ran into at your mama, your mama rental Airbnb, and whatever Pauline that was. Put, he threw that right at him. Let that man tell no, me do your he thing, shouldn't live with his parents. He shouldn't live with his parents. I will say this, though. I will say, it's not about Might what he should do. Plan. It's not about what he should do. He had a plan to get his ass out of his mama's house. I man. understand Fred's point that from a financial and economical mindset, it's smart. Like, you save money. You get to live with your mom, like all of those things. I think if you're balling and you're doing that, I probably have no issue with you. Now, it could just be that Tommy DeVito, which I think it is, Tommy DeVito is just not good at football. And so in not being good at football, right, it doesn't matter where he lives. He could live in a freaking mansion and still he will still be terrible. <laughs> he, know, he know this shit about to come to him. Yeah, so for him, his thought is, but no, like for real, no, 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 I'm And also, too, yeah. what happens is, though, like, honestly, like, if Tommy DeVito was balling, you wouldn't even trip. But the fact that he's not makes you say, as, a, like, an adult man that's 34 or 35 at the time, and I was a veteran, I'd have been like, it's because you live with your mom, which is not true, right? Because he's not good. Yeah, I'm tough. But you would feel that way. And then he is talking about Draymond Green. The whole world mad at Draymond Green now. Because Draymond Green choked up no, Rudy before Gobert. Before we get to Draymond, I would just ask if it's smart, if it's that, if that's smart, if it's that smart, right? Why do both of y'all live in malls? No, I. Why I, do both of y'all, Fred? No, it's so smart. Get you an apartment, Fred. It's smart. Look up, look up. My ceiling don't look like your ceiling. <laughs> right, that conversation. Say, we done. just get through. Like it's not that smart. You, you live. Done. You live to the to the means that you have. A man shouldn't live with his mama when he got a good job. I'm gonna say this. Everybody should make a decision about where they want to live based on themselves. If they yeah. want to live with their mother, fine. Live with your mom. If you don't, I don't care. It's up to you. Hey man, it's the holidays, and the holidays could be rough for a lot of people. We've experienced lost ourselves as a family here on the pivot recently, but BetterHelp com is a place where you can go and talk to people and get the sort of therapy and help that you need. I know during this time it can be very tough. A lot of people don't want to go out to get therapy or talk to someone, and this could be a way you can do it. And that's the thing, bro. You got to take care of yourself. Everybody, everybody wants to say, you know, there's a problem. Find a solution. Find an answer. And that's what you have to do is see that. As men, men want to be all testosterone-filled and all that. No. Find an answer, and BetterHelp can be that answer for you. BetterHelp.com is a place you can go, RC, but you ain't got to go nowhere. Mm -hmm. I love it because you can do it from your home. You know, you don't have to check in. You can just do it right here from your home, at your leisure, whenever you're ready, and then you can take care of yourself. It's about self-care. It that's is. the most important part. It's about self-care, and that's what makes it amazing that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. We understand what the holidays can be. So right now, if you go to BetterHelp.com, dot com slash the pivot you get 10% off that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash the pivot back to the episode everybody's mad at Draymond Green early on this week Clay Thompson got into a little tussle right against the uh, Timberwolves mm -hmm. Rudy Go Gobert runs up to the tussle then we see Draymond 
get old boy choked up. Like Jody, Jody said, Mama! He said, Call your mama. That's it, call your mama. Remember, he choked Jody up. Hey, why he snuck up on, why Big Reams snuck up on Jody like that from behind the couch, though? Hey, hey, he said, mama. And he had a, so, so Draymond. Did you see what he did to his mama earlier? Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Yeah, he's hopping around the house with her? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay. Not my like mama. Not my mama. My mama. I use that move. My mama don't do things like that. Now, it's uncomfortable now, I see. Yeah, I'm just saying she don't. She's but a church going. You don't going. really know. My mom's a church going. Woman. You don't really know. I see Shut Mike up. in the kitchen. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Okay? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Stop it. What are you talking about? Turkey sausage. I see. You don't really know. Hey. Oh, boy. Back to Draymond. All right? So, there is the, the fallout about Draymond is, right? And so, uh, like, Acho's my guy, so I can say Acho. Acho tweeted, he was like, man, Draymond feels, I feel like Draymond's always trying to prove he's a tough guy. Yeah. Rudy Gobert was just going over to break the fight and break up the fight, and, you know, Draymond choked him up when nobody's actually questioning Draymond's toughness. When you look at that situation, do you feel Draymond was wrong for choking Rudy Gobert? Not at all. You establish yourself. I use a guy that we've had on the show, UD. Like, you, you establish yourself as the, I don't even know what you want to call it, not the bully, whatever, the enforcer, the protector, whatever you want to say, where when UD was balling, and UD had years that, yeah. that first championship. Very good player. A very good yep. player, but he always had that edge. So now, I think you stay around. I think UD stayed around with that edge. UD stayed around because he was the enforcer, where you even see when he wasn't playing as much and um, what's a little boy with the big heavy tongue? Um, Lance Stevenson. When he got heavy tongue and he had to walk off the bench and tell heavy tongue, he was like, man, I F you up. <laughs> like, that, that is the role. <laughs> well, you know Lance got a heavy ass tongue. His tongue, he got three tongues in one mouth. But like, but you need to, to the point about what 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 Draymond, I won't say is becoming. When you establish yourself as an enforcer, as the as the protector of the team, you have to continue that. And Draymond's doing it. I have no problem with Draymond. Draymond goes overboard. His his theatrics get me sometimes because what he does, and then when he gets kicked out of games, he does all the running around and the kissing the crowd and all. Like, that gets to me, but I understand what Draymond's doing because I saw it at a, at a lesser effect and a lesser theatrical effect with Udonis Haslam. There's ways to be an enforcer without choking people. He can run up there and do this. He can, if, if people respect you around the league, you can just run up, chill out, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's if people respect you. Why do you always feel the need to have to use that sort of excessive force. To choke somebody, bro? Did you see the head? He choked the man. The, the theatrics. Dragged, he, he dragged him down to the ground. When Rudy was just kind of went over there, maybe to do what Draymond should have done. But to jump on his back, he, he flew it, he jumped on his back, and just drug him all the way down to the baseline. Bro, that's excessive. And then the night before, two nights before, he had words with the young boy, with Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And say what? Nobody worried about that. Yeah, he said ain't nobody worried about it. So, yes, Draymond's tough. We know that. We know you, you, you explore your role and you play the hell out of it. We know that, right? And that team probably needs it because the rest of those guys are light-skinned. And uh, they need a little toughness. Draymond, if, if nothing else, very good 
basketball player, made a ton of money, is an amazing role player, he's a champion. And he's also gonna have a second career with the UFC when he's done. No, he can't fight for real. Theatrics. Like I was like, see. So I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and I'm always on the other side, right? I have, I have been like treated like the guy that wants to do too much and that has to prove himself tough or whatever. So I, I get it. I don't have an opinion about whether or not it was excessive based on what Rudy Gobert walked over to do. Because I'm gonna say this, I don't know what Rudy Gobert walked over to do. I know what he was doing at the time wasn't excessive, but I don't know what could be his next move. Y'all met my dad. My dad told me at a young age, and he always said this, if your homeboy is fighting, never grab your homeboy. He was like, because while you got him, you're giving somebody an opportunity to punch your homeboy or harm your, harm your friend in a way that now he's restrained. He said, you never touch your guy. That was the first thing. I'm going to say this. If I'm, a, if I'm a Golden State Warrior, if I'm Draymond Green's friend, any of those things, you did exactly what you were supposed to do based on who I've known you to be. If at our practice you could punch Jordan Poole in the face, you damn right you better choke Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Right? So because the, the, the guy that was in my color, in our color, because y'all were having words or having an altercation, you damn near slid him through a wall. So if me, your boy, your friend, your teammate, the dude that won championships with you, if I'm getting into it with somebody, I want to see you use as excessive a force as you can use without getting suspended or fined every single time. If you treat people in your house a certain way, if every time, if you my brother, and every time you say something slick, I'm like, man, shut the F up. I better get that same energy outside the house. My mama told me a long time ago, you do not pe treat people outside this house better than you treat people in it. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't to say, go outside and mistreat people outside the house. It was to say, treat the people in here better. Mm -hmm. Right? Treat them better. And then when you go out the house, carry on that treatment and respect and kindness and decency for people out there. But if you're going to be a turd in this motherfucker, Mm -hmm. I want you to be a turd everywhere. So damn right, Draymond did the right thing. And not the right thing in the sense that he couldn't have handled it a different way. The right thing in the sense that the rest of your life don't be handled that way. So I don't want you to get soft now. I don't want you to run up on Rudy Gobert. Oh my God, people are going to think certain things about me. I might get suspended. I might get kicked out the game. Well, get kicked out the game. Because when you punched Jordan Poole in the face, yeah. you wasn't worried about what that did to him, what that did to our team. So don't worry about Rudy Gobert. And y'all owe him anyway for touching on all the mics and all that stuff in 2020. Mm -hmm. And the one thing, too, I see, talking about life lessons about don't grab your friend, I agree with that. We've talked about that before. Do not grab your friend in the fight. The other thing, when you walk into a situation... Chad. I always side... What's in your chair? What's that? I'm bleeding. What's that back there? I went to get my phone and... I'm... What the... Chan! You anemic. Yo, you bleed easy. Your skin is thin. I'm, I'm not anemic. I got you like sickle old, cell trait. You like an old woman. You know, old people bleed easy. So now I bleed easy because you your easy. couch cut me. Your body, your body's weak. And you just put it in your mouth. Quickly. I was going to tell you, always size up the, the, the room you're in. When you walk into it, every time a restaurant I walk into, I make sure I know the biggest in the restaurant so I know if a fight break out, the dude I got to hit first. And I think that's what Draymond did. You bloody little bastard. Don't put that on my stuff. Man, I didn't. Shit, man, that shit is expensive. I'm not, man.
It's just bleeding. That chair is expensive. You see the you, chair cut me. You H see them little metal buttons? Hey, you see hey, them buttons? Excuse me, HR. Huh? I'd like to report an injury. You brought that on yourself. <laughs> oh, HR sucks. <laughs> you brought that on yourself. HR, absolutely. But I, I, I do think, man, that like a lot of times we we see certain things in the tunnel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you see them in this tunnel of you have to behave this way all the time, where I do think everything is based off of our individual actions. And it's not to mean that because Draymond did what he did to Jordan Poole, just, you can hand it to me, brother. Thank you, my dog. And it's not to mean that because Draymond did what he did to Jordan Poole, he should just continue fighting people the rest of his life, right? Like, it, does, it doesn't mean because, you know, you, you did one bad thing, you have to continue doing things other. Within the, the, the spectrum of being a Golden State warrior, I don't believe he gets to change that. I don't believe he now gets to be soft or he now gets to be, and it's not soft, he now gets to be cautious when Klay Thompson, somebody that has done as much as he has with you uh, and much as he has for you, is getting into it, and now he's being surrounded by the other team. Because I think in the end, it just, the people just start treating you like Will Smith, right? Like, because of, like, how Jada has treated Will Smith, everybody just feel like you come out and say whatever you want about the man. Mm -hmm. You know, now they got the man with Dwayne Martin. I don't even, I don't, I, I don't even know what's going on now. I heard that story. Yeah, but like that's but I think though that's the thing though, man. Like once people once people take you for soft or once people start to see you as the punching bag, now we give everybody a platform to say whatever they want about anybody. And I think that's the thing we have to be really cautious of here is like not letting people come on our show with an agenda to tear somebody else down. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's extremely important and and I feel like you know, we've upheld that. But, Chan, I'm done, man, because like, I'm injured. You got a Band-Aid? You got weak. I don't know no benefit for you. Did, did the Diggs brothers get hacked over the weekend? Who was that? Because they was tweeting and posting and Stefan. They was with it. I don't, think, I don't think that thing you sent, Fred, was like an actual Stefan. That's post. what I was wondering. Yeah, that's you not a... a photo. You shot. got clotting problems? It's not... Yes. Your blood, your blood doesn't clot? It's part of having the sickle cell trait. <laughs> Chan, like, what is, like, what? Are you really done? Yeah, I'm done, I'm done, because. <laughs> no, he's fine. I, I need a Band-Aid, Asia. Thank you, Asia. He's I don't need fine. no peroxide. I ain't that big. Okay. What happened? I don't know what's back there, for real. I'm bullshit. I'm bullshit. I know, sure. I know. That's good, I know. Something came back there, man? Yeah, no, no, no. I think I must have, I think I hit it on, like, a little, like, metal piece in that thing. It really bled, it really made me bleed, so. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission.